seller will add more deliverables to our offer, more line items to our offer because we feel like we should in order to make up for the price increase. And that's coming from either one, a place of people pleasing or two, a place of scarcity. Welcome to the Hella Rich Podcast, a podcast for women of color entrepreneurs who want to get hella rich in time, money, and joy with your business coaches, Alison Carpio and Nadia Diala. If you love what we're doing, leave us a review so you can let others know that this podcast is pretty badass and it's worth listening to and sharing with others. Also, make sure you smash that subscribe button so you know when to catch the next episode. And don't forget to join the party in our free Facebook group, Hella Badass Women of Color Entrepreneurs at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Hella Badass WOC. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Hella Rich Podcast. Allison and I always talk and preach about raising your prices. We talk about ways to do it, what to do when you do it, how to sell yourself when you do it, the mindset, the strategy. Today, we really want to get into what not to do when you raise your prices. So when you do raise your prices, you don't want to add in deliverables or items for the sake of adding them. What we really want you to come from is thinking, am I coming from a place of people-pleasing versus actual service? What we find with women of color a lot of times is we were never taught to own our value and we were never taught to raise our prices. And that shows in the business world when you're negotiating salaries and it shows in the business world when you're negotiating or selling your services and products. So we often think, they're paying me more and therefore I should add more, right? Nah, (laughs) Allison and I aren't about that life. And we want you to really think about coming from a place of service as you listen to this episode because I'm not saying you don't want to add more value. You should always be bringing 10x the value no matter what, right? But a lot of times we as women of color will add more deliverables to our offer, more line items to our offer because we feel like we should in order to make up for the price increase. And that's coming from either one, a place of people pleasing or two, a place of scarcity. So women of color are historically underpaid and undercharged because we're coming from a place of people pleasing. And you know, historical systemic racism and sexism, of course, plays into those things, those things, which is (laughs) internalized oppression that somehow pops up in imposter syndrome and people pleasing and bending over backwards because we're scared of the repercussions. Right. So I know that Allison, you and I did a talk for my CPA and bookkeepers, Liz is all biz, where it was really cool. It was eye opening for us to see this coming from like an accountant point of view that she asked us to talk to her audience with a conversation she recorded of us about raising prices specifically for her BIPOC clients. She has clients nationwide and she got to see from a bookkeeper and accountant's point of view that her BIPOC clients, her black, indigenous, people of color clients were all across the board in all different industries and services undercharging compared to 
her white clients. And she decided, which I thought was really dope, to invite experts who are also self-identified women of color like us to come in and talk about why we think that is. And this is something I know is so near and dear to your heart because you have always claimed your value. Yep. We support raising your prices. And what we don't want to do is end up undercutting ourselves. And what I mean by that is when we add in more to it that when we're coming from a place of scarcity, that's when we start to undercut ourselves. So for example, I recently did a five-figure copy project and it was $16,000. And I was really, really tempted to want to write a ton of copy in order to quote unquote, earn my fee. But my client didn't need more copy. Uh, They just needed the right copy that converts, whether that's $300 versus $3,000. And to illustrate this point, I want to talk about something called the effective hourly rate, which is EHR. That's when this comes into play. And your EHR is roughly how long it takes you to actually deliver something. The higher your EHR, the better. When I calculate my effective hourly rate, my EHR, and how long it took me to do this $16,000 project, my EHR was really awesome. It was around $1,600 an hour. However, I've also done a $15,000 project where my EHR was less than $800 an hour. And third, I've done a $3,000 project where my EHR was $1,000 an hour. So between the $15,000 project where it was $800 an hour versus the $3,000 project where my EHR was $1,000 an hour, On paper, the $15,000 project looks like it's more money, and in theory, it is. However, I could have done five of those $3,000 projects, and you know, my EHR was $1,000 an hour, and I would have had a lot more time. So you can see how this plays into how much you're really making, and when we talk about uh, being rich in time, money, and joy, the effective hourly rate, your EHR, is insanely important in calculating all of that. Yeah, so it's so interesting, because you're doing the same type of work essentially and different clients would obviously be willing to pay different things depending on their budget, et cetera. But I really think there's something here around claiming that and resisting the urge to do what you said, like, oh, I could have done way more copy. I could have done 3,000 words versus 300. And what actually stopped you? Like, I want to pick at the mindset. What actually stopped you from doing that? I think I was aware of it. I knew that I was doing it just to earn my fee, not because they actually needed it. So yeah, I think it was being aware that I was coming from a place of scarcity, that I was in the mindset of, oh, this is a $16,000 project. I need to write more copy. But then I remembered that that's not how that works. Like they're going to test this, there's gonna be results, et cetera. And more is not always better. Right. Which takes some training to do. And, you know, I've made that mistake in the past, but now I know that that's not what works. And the metaphor that I really love using is when you're working with a personal trainer, people don't want more exercises or longer sessions. If my personal trainer told me that, you know, I can get the job done in 30 minutes doing like two exercises, like awesome, I'll do that. I don't want a ton of exercise. I don't want like really long workout sessions. If I can get in shape uh, and get stronger in 30 minutes each time, 
great, I don't want a longer workout session. Who does? That doesn't sound fun. I really love that because that would kill me. <laughs> I would hate that if a personal trainer wanted to over deliver, maybe with like a nutritional plan or something, if that was part of it, sure. But if it was, oh, I just want to give them even more workouts, more, more, more as a consumer, that's just, ooh, that would suck for me because I'm not as down for working out as much. Yeah, you would dread it, right? You would be like, oh, I have to go to that personal training session again. I feel really depleted afterwards. This isn't working. It's just not fun. And I know you had a similar experience with your group coaching experience recently, right? I mean, you were able to increase your EHR the more you did more of these group programs. Yeah. So it's so interesting because you are the first person who broke it down like that in the term EHR, effective hourly rate for me. I never heard that until we talked about it on our Facebook Live in our free Facebook group that one day, not that long ago. And this is why I really wanted this to be one of our topics on the podcast because as we were talking, I was like, oh, this is so interesting because you as a consultant and my primary work has been coaching. It works both ways, actually. It works for both fields. And with my group coaching, my one-on-one too, but let's focus on the group since you brought that up. I've raised my price every single time and I've tweaked it every single time. I was able to do this more confidently as I got more testimonials, case studies, results. So that did help me with my mindset of raising my rate. And there's that awareness you were kind of just talking about. Like I was aware of any pleasing in me mm-hmm. raising my rates. Like, oh my gosh, are they going to think this? So You know, most recently, actually today, as we're recording, I just launched my November cohort, the last cohort of 2020 for my group. And I raised the ticket by $750. Based on the value and the testimonials of the last cohort in June, what I did was I actually took out things from it. So it's a 10-week program. You get 10 video lessons. You get 10 workbooks. You get 10 live coaching sessions that are an hour each. And you get the Facebook community, all the things, right? And what I used to do was offer one-on-one because I thought, oh my gosh, would this group really be enough? They need one-on-one. I need to give them one-on-one. But that's more of my time. And if a group has 15 to 20 people in it, That's a lot of my time, which brings down my effective hourly rate. And one group, the last group, I actually took out the option of one-on-one, but there was this pleaser in me that actually kept it as an early bird option. And guess what? Everybody got it, right? Everybody signed up (laughs) early bird and got it, which was fine because I do love one-on-one. And that brings down the effective hourly rate. And I also was creating the content for it because I expanded it from six weeks to 10 weeks. So I can notice how that wasn't necessarily the pleaser. Yes, I added more. It was because after running that group a few times, I recognized, oh, I would actually want my experience for my clients and for myself to be more expansive. So I built that content, but guess what? Raised the price this time, fully eliminated one-on-one, didn't even put it as early bird. I am confident it is not necessary and I was somewhat coming from a place of pleasing and I'm eliminating that out now. So now I take back that one-on-one time. I'm not needing to recreate the content. I'm not making any tweaks whatsoever because I am confident now. And that just saves me so much time. No content creation, no one-on-one. My effective hourly rate 
totally has gone back. And when we were discussing this as we were mapping out this episode, I was so happy thinking, (laughs) wow, this is it, right? This is what I want all our programs to be and what I want all of our clients to experience that, yeah, it takes time, right? Sometimes we can't get it right out the gate. And as you were saying, took you a while to recognize how you were impacting your EHR. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, one, you were raising the prices and because you were recording a lot of these sessions and not, you know, either doing it live or just recording it by the week, that really increased your EHR and your clients are getting the same, if not better results. (laughs) I think that's what's really important here is that when we're thinking about our clients and our customers, increasing our EHR does not necessarily take away from what our customers get in terms of the outcome. Maybe they're getting less deliverables, and if they're getting the same outcome, that's awesome. Why give them more deliverables if that's not going to add more value, if that's not going to boost any results or performance? And that's what I mean when I say more deliverables does not mean more value. So you'll also see like, you know, on sales pages, they're going to add like 50 bonuses or they're like, if you act now, you're going to get my 300 page book and you'll get 20 hours of video content. It's like, no one wants that. (laughs) No one wants to go through all of that. And that's not necessarily going to help them. An example that we have from one of our Let's Get Hella Rich members, she's a coach for highly sensitive people. That's HSPs and she wanted help with her offer. She listed everything out. She, you know, followed my shut up and take my money system of, you know, mapping out what her offer is. And what we quickly noticed was she was very much overgiving. One example of the deliverables for her coaching clients, um, this is for one-on-one coaching clients, was recorded Zoom calls. While that may not seem like a big deal in terms of giving someone a recording, It actually is a lot. It's the follow-up for you, the coach. You have to keep the storage. You have to send them the recording as soon as the Zoom call is done. But if you are going to another call, then you you won't have time to do that. And that's like a homework that's in the back of your mind. And here's the thing. Recorded Zoom calls don't necessarily add more value. I know when I was working with my coach, I never listened to my mentors or my coaches' recorded calls. I would always make sure to, you know, list out my takeaways at the end of the call and, you know, take notes for myself, but I never re-listened to those calls and that never really added value. So if they were to say, you know, we're not recording calls anymore, it's like, cool, that's fine with me. I have a whole archive of calls that I have never listened to before. They're just piling up and that's fine. They're just collecting dust. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny because in the Facebook community that we have for Let's Get Hello Rich paid members, we called that out immediately when this particular coach and client, since we always do live critiques on there, posted their pricing document and we're like, the Zoom call wasn't even the only thing that we we're like, what's this? What's that? What's this? We're just focusing on that right now. But when we said, what's up with the Zoom calls? That sounds like a lot of work. And right now you have a handful of clients, let's say. But what happens when you scale to 10 clients or 15? Are you really going to want to do that? It's not even just your EHR. Is that part of the lifestyle you want? And they're like, yeah, you know, I was actually thinking they put in the comments that this is already a lot of work and I don't even really know if I want to do this, right? And you're like, then why do it? 
<laughs> um, mm-hmm. So it's so interesting to see. My guess is that there was a bit of pleaser. How could I claim this? Say, I think they were set at a six hundred dollar rate per month with biweekly sessions. How could I charge six hundred if I don't do all this extra work, like a Zoom call, all the bells and whistles, right? Exactly, exactly. And you know, it was pretty clear when we saw that list. It's like, okay, we're just kind of adding bullet points to add more bullet points. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes people will just add one more because, like, if you have two, they're like, well, there needs to be three because there's always should be three or more, and it's like, no. No, you don't need to do that. It's totally fine. Your clients won't care whether they say so or not. So bottom line, make sure you recognize when you're coming from a place of people pleasing and not from a place of service. And it could be people pleasing. It could be scarcity, either of the two. But know that there's the difference between that and coming from a place of service. Never add more than you need to in order to, quote unquote, earn your fee. Your fee is your fee. It is what it is. Mm. And finally, don't mistake your value for deliverables. More deliverables does not mean more value. So if this is you and you're a woman of color entrepreneur listening and thinking, oh my gosh, that's me. I always over deliver. I don't even know my EHR. Maybe I'm just giving way too much. And you're in need of both mindset and strategy support to grow your business. We got you. Go to letsgethellerich.com and see what our community and program is all about. Info will be in the show notes and you get two bike calls per month, one mindset session where you get live group coaching so you can break through your mindset blocks and one strategy session where we'll brainstorm on the spot or review anything you're building and creating and give you instant feedback. Kind of like what we talked about in this episode where we saw our member, you know, overgiving on what her offer was. You'll also get access to all our previous training recordings like our pricing workshop, our content workshop where we show you how to create content that converts, and our signature courses on negotiation, raising your prices, and growing your business online. In our private community, you get on-demand feedback and coaching on marketing and mindset support. A lot of members have been posting their website copy for me to review, for example, and that's included in the membership. So remember, you don't have to do business alone. Let's get hella rich together. We're excited to see you there. Remember, that's let'sgethellarich.com.